was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva, a podcast about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. And this week, I had to drink a lot because I had to live here. (laughs) (laughs) This week was Halloween. Yeah, Halloween is always a tense time for me, and 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 we'll get into that. But before that, I'd like to recognize our sponsor. Uh, this week, we are sponsored by Dragged Into the Light, Truthers, Reptilians, Super Soldiers, and Death Inside an Onslaught Cult. It is a book about the cult of Sherry Shriner and the deaths and lives destroyed in her wake. Uh, but also, it's a book about the rise of QAnon. And if I... If there had been such a thing as QAnon in the public consciousness, I probably could have just called it the rise of QAnon, and then we would be able to hire someone to produce this for us. But I didn't. So That was a miss. There you go. Um, But there is actually something special for our listeners, not exclusively for our listeners, but exclusively for our listeners for probably the next two weeks or so. Um, If you would like to buy a copy of Dragged Into the Light, um, please go to draggedintothelight.com and you'll see a place where you can order the book. You order the book that will take you to my publisher's website. When you get to my publisher's website, put in the code podcast for 10% off um, and yeah. free media mail shipping within the continental United States. Um, we decided awesome. to do that. I've been on so many podcasts and it occurred to me that I'm not, it's not clear whether uh it's doing any good or not you right. know? Uh, well that's a good way that that's a good way to see if it's doing yeah because we get anything. we get we've been getting little bumps in sales but you know it, it i don't know if it's just a weird thing like the show's back on hulu now mm-hmm. so i don't know um for those of you new to the show i was on a documentary called um the devil, you know, season two and that was about sherry shriner and i was featured pretty heavily on that and it's getting a little bit of buzz on Twitter now, and I've gotten a couple extra followers on social media. I'm starting to get more messages from people. It's like a cycle, you know, when when yeah. uh, I can tell when the show is back on in reruns because people start asking questions and they're like, holy shit, I can't believe any of this really happened. Right. Um, I did have the and, pleasure. To, go ahead. And are people s- still like genuinely... Um, like impressed to be able to hear from you. Like, you know, like there are surprised. Yeah, they are surprised. Like I, and I want to say, you know, there are actual famous people and I'm not one of them. They'll put any idiot on, on television. Um, <laughs> speaking of putting any idiot on television, it looks like there is going to be another documentary and I'm going to be in it. And um, I had the pleasure of speaking with a book club this week and they really liked the book. And I told them about it. And what I said was, I wonder how many times I'm going to have to tell this story for free before someone (laughs) pays for it. Uh, I've answered several times. So go ahead. Let let me, let me ask you this. Have you, uh, have you already thought about doing a second run with a, uh, with a cover change that is the the rise of QAnon? (laughs) I I haven't done that. I'd love to see you on CNN or Fox news. That would be fantastic. (laughs) 
I don't, I, and that's the thing. Like there are some things that I don't know if I would do. Um, yeah. Like when I was working on the book, um, every time that there was a QAnon story that broke, my editor was actually pitching like, and my editor is, was just a, just a person, you know, it's not like <laughs> she's a, she's a friend of mine, but she wasn't a friend. She was just like, I was paying her to edit my book. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, she just started pitching me to these shows like, hey, you know, you talked about QAnon this morning. This is an expert in online cults. Yeah. And I was I was flattered by that. Nobody ever called me back, but it was it was flattering. And, and I think that's what you're supposed to do is like every time somebody <laughs> says something out loud about QAnon, I'm supposed to send them a note to say, hey, I'm an expert on QAnon. Right. I don't know if that's true. Um, yeah. But I've seen people on television and I don't think that they allow actual experts on television. So I'm pretty comfortable. <laughs> they, they keep those people to the, the, the bookstores. You yeah. Know? Quite frankly, I would be on either Fox news or CNN. I don't think I'd be on like on the media or, right. you know, what's the, what's the NPR morning show. I wouldn't be on the morning show with, people who knew what they were talking about, but the kind of morons they put on regular television. Yeah. I would, right. I would, I, yeah, I'm an expert. You're, you're, I mean, you are reading everything you say off a teleprompter and it was written by somebody like me who knows yeah. that you're really too dumb to understand. So I think that, right. uh, I think that I could do very well with that. So you could handle that, but not Terry gross. I, I would talk about my book with Terry gross if she's interested in listening. Um, yeah. but I would never, I would never pitch myself as a cult expert because I've spoken with cult experts and they know more than me. That's why I called them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't think anyone knows more about the Sherry Shriner cult than me. Like if somebody, I I've got to be I mean, in the top 10 of world. I mean, most, I mean uh, if you're, uh, if you're batting a thousand for, unreleased podcasts about Sherry Shriner and TV documentaries about Sherry Shriner. So, yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of the go-to guy I will say, and th hopefully there'll be more about this in the weeks to come. I do have another Sherry Shriner related project that I will be um, talking about in, uh, in the new year. Uh, the audio book was, should be out early in the new year and I'm going to do some like DVD extras um, oh. that you can, that you can, uh, get from me. I, you'll have to buy them. Like eventually I have to start charging people for things. I make things all day. At some point I should start to ask someone for money. So, uh, I feel like if you're, if you're super into the Sherry Shriner thing, uh, stay tuned because I'm going to be putting out some of my interviews and some special, you know, kind of behind the scenes and, you know, stuff that didn't make the book. Um, and stuff that, you know, interviews that didn't make the book, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put out that extra on probably a Patreon type thing. And that's the only thing that I have left to do is decide whether I want to do it on Patreon or on some other, uh, on some other platform, but I'm excited about that. And that'll be out in the new year. And then, um, I have another book that I am working on. I'm almost, I'm not almost finished with the war book. Why would I lie to you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> And but, all of our listeners. I know, but I'm making some real progress. And I expect that by mid-January, I'll be knees deep in my third uh, my third kind of novel length uh, work of nonfiction. And I might do that also only exclusively on Patreon. I might just do all the writing. And if you want it, you can read it as I'm writing it. Um, and there that's will it. be mistakes, but it'll be a private thing. So I think that'll be okay. I th that's that's kind of a 
an interesting approach. I like, you know, people who are into books and into writing might, and, and then also the, into this subject might really enjoy that. Yes. And it's, and then, and, and it's going to be super kooky and a lot of it's already done. I just have to go back and organize it. Uh, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what I'm going to try for, for next year. Next year, I'm going to see what it's like to write a book and promote it and sell it all at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it'll be like a, a weekly podcast of where I am in writing the book and it right. will end with the publication of my book. That's cool. Um, I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's, it, and if nobody buys it, that's fine because I'll put it up there and it'll be there forever. And eventually if somebody buys it, it it'll right. be there. So yeah, all sorts of fun stuff going on. Speaking of all sorts of fun stuff going on, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, usually we do one cool thing, which is where we talk about one cool thing that happened to us because we work here, or because we live here. But today we're going to kind of clear the decks for Halloween. Todd had a great Halloween. I had an interesting Halloween. And so I'd like to go, I'd like to talk about that. I'm going to talk about mine second, uh, because I really want to hear about uh, Halloween in Berlin. Cause it's always kind of a, kind of a, yeah. what day, yeah. Let me give you a sneak preview of what I'm going to talk about. What day was <laughs> Halloween in Berlin? Uh, Halloween was on Halloween, the 31st of October, as it is every humans. year. Um, it was uh, always a big event for Berlin. Ocean Pines doesn't have uh, street lights. People have always come to Berlin. It's that small town feel, that small town charm. And it's, it's been a great event. I feel like it has over the years gotten bigger and bigger last year, uh, as we were still in COVID, we actually didn't even hand out candy, but it had been becoming up until that point, very concentrated in a couple areas and a couple big, uh, streets and neighborhoods and, and that sort of thing. And what I think is nice, maybe because of uh, the pandemic and um, just the, conse the consequence of the decks of houses and families moving and all of that being shuffled, uh, we actually had uh, some liveliness on our street, which we don't normally have. And uh, new neighbors had moved in and they have young ones. So uh, our street, which is normally only six houses long and is kind of like between where you might park and where you really want to get to. Right. <laughs> you know, we've always just been the passerbys, the afterthought. But this year with uh, new neighbors and then uh, your favorite, the Greens down at the end of the street now set up a, a big to-do with their house because they were formerly on Washington Street, which is one of those targeted streets. Right. With 3,000 people. And, you know, I uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a great... It was a great event and the kids stuck around. It was definitely that very wholesome, uh, small town Halloween feel, you know, they, they just do it from five to seven. Everybody's dressed up. I always thank the parents when they're dressed up with the kids, regardless of the kid's age. And it was just a, a it was an all around, uh, all around great time. One of the I, of things course, that I've always, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, no, you go, you go ahead. One of the things that I've always liked about the, uh, about, about the Berlin uh, Halloween is that main street participates. So the stores always participate in a big way. And you know, what's, 
one of the reasons Washington Street is uh, is such a hot spot is because that's kind of where where you make the turn. So you go down down main down Main Street, and then there's Washington Street, and there's the uh, the funeral home, which always does a little haunted house for a Halloween and hands out candy and that, which is just it's just awesome to have that uh, that kind of self awareness mm-hmm. and. One of the things that one of the reasons that it's hard to get in in the other streets is because if you're the only person, then you feel very lonely and people look yep. up your street and they see one lit house and they're like, yeah, yeah. How much candy could they possibly have? Let me, you know, let me let me move along. I mean, I was never like that as a kid. Clearly, if there was one house a mile away lit, I was walking <laughs> to it. Um, but I. I live on the like the Washington Street of Delmar, so that's that's a really uh, that's really fortunate. We have kids every year, and that's never an issue. But yeah. you were going to say so. So, what was it like for you to have a bunch of kids this year? Well, it, it is fun, and like I said, our kids hung back, and they're older now, so they kind of help to participate. And we like dressing up, anyways. the uh, The theme that we decided to go for go uh, with as a family was clowns. Um, always enjoyed the creepy clowns, always a, always a good, uh, hot topic or a sticking point for some people. There, some people are pro clowns and some people are anti clowns. And, uh, I, I went a little softer this year and I did a, a little bit of a head piece, uh-huh. uh, or a think piece. I had a red wig and, uh, Nelly did a black eye, uh, in makeup on me. And I wore my Washington football team uh, shirt. So I was a clown because I'm a Washington football uh-huh. team fan. And, uh, you know, few people thought I was Carrot Top. And, and to me, I thought that was, well, that's equally as frightening or <laughs> disturbing. So uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do some prop comedy as, as I go. Also, maybe they said that because... Halloween is the one time where I feel like it, it's not the one time I do this a lot, but addressing other people's kids in probably uh, too enthusiastically, uh, you right. know, ba- like getting into what they're wearing uh, as a costume or getting into character uh, if they're Harry Potter and, and, and that sort of thing. I, I tend to have a little bit, too much too fun. much enjoyment with that. Yeah, no, there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's kind of expected. We uh we have our own really I- difficult issues in Del Mar. And if you've been listening since the beginning, you've probably heard me complain about this three times, two or three times, because it's it's happened two or three times. But in Del Mar, there are two things that are more important than Halloween. Uh the first is high school football, and the mm-hmm. second is God. Now, I know what you're going to say. Wait, isn't Halloween a religious holiday? I don't know. You have to, like, I think they take IQ points from you in the water when you move here. That's the only thing that that I can think. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so they don't have Halloween on Sundays because it would offend. It'll offend the religious nuts. And that is what bothers me so so deeply it doesn't offend normal people it only offends the religious wackadoos and and if you're a religious wackadoo and you know that offends you i i there's nothing i can do about it you're crazy all right if if you 
we're afraid of them. And that's what bothers me. It, it doesn't bother me that they're stupid. And it doesn't bother me that they're whiners or that they're hypocrites. That is their choice as Americans. But when I see that our town cowers before the psychosis of religious extremism, mm. it makes it takes some of the fun out of Halloween. I'm not going to lie. Well, and it's it's the it's really the bare minimum of extremism, I would say, just like yeah. Right. Or, or is, I mean, you, you probably know better. Is this like walking past the open door with the gun on the table or is it like be like allowing them to postpone Halloween is you're in the room with them. Uh, oh yeah. If, no, if, no, no, if no. You under, if you understand the reference, I, I do understand the reference. Um, I think that, and so, so for anybody who doesn't know the, the reference, there's a, there's this, there's this theory that we keep repeating from Stephen King where, you know, losing your mind is like walking into a, there's a room in your mind with a loaded gun. And when you finally go insane, you walk into that room and you pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, this is really still more like walking around a ladder, you yeah. know, rather yeah. this isn't, this isn't real superstition. This is, we don't want to hear these goddamn maniacs <laughs> piss and moan about how we're celebrating Satan. So we're going to ruin it for everyone else mm -hmm. rather than I. So I asked the mayor about it point blank. And she mm. said, well, no, it's because it's on a school night. And I said, it's on a school night almost all the time. You right. only move it when it's on Friday and when it's on Sunday. And she yeah. said, well, that's what they said. It's because it's a school night. So like nobody wants to say that they're afraid of the religious maniacs. So when they come with their machetes and I assure you that they will. I'm going to say my last words will be, I told you so. <laughs> I mean, you've, you, you've had experience with, with yeah, these and that's type what it of is. people. It's like, you don't want to, you don't want to ruffle their feathers. Their feathers are always ruffled all the time. Like right. you can't ruffle their feathers anymore. All you can do is ignore them and hope they'll go away. And giving them this kind of power really yeah. makes me uncomfortable. Right, right. Give them an inch to take them, you know. Yeah, and they expect it. Now, they expect deference for their, I, I mean, if you're that kind of religious, there's something the matter with you. Yeah. You know, um, so the definition of uh, delusional, uh, delusion has like three or four, uh, You have it has to be something that um, isn't true and that can't be seen or examined and that most other people don't believe. So mm -hmm. like if you take off the most other people don't believe, then religion is actually a form of delusion, but you put in most other people believe it to keep the religious people from losing their fucking minds. <laughs> and that way you can't say that religious people are delusional. However, if right. you're in a minority belief in religion, like you think that Halloween is a celebration of Satan and that that matters. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It is a celebration of Satan. Shut your trap. Right. <laughs> Religious freedom. That's right. Absolutely. Um, then you're, then you're delusional. So these are delusional people who we let be in charge, but it's Del Mar and that's okay. Cause we don't really deserve anything. Um, and that's what we get. <laughs> because you, because you have, intelligence points yeah taken. It's, it's the fluoride 
in the in the fluoride. Have you seen or heard of a? Uh, I'm going to give you some pop culture stuff right now. A new show uh, that is on Netflix called Midnight Mass. No. Okay, it's a uh, was done by the same people who did uh, a former show, uh, the House on ha- or the Haunted the House on Haunted Hill or or, or something like that. So these right. have been like kind of one off series. Um, you know, it, it's one season is 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 one story, and they've come out like every other Halloweeny time, and and they're creepy, and the. The story that we just finished and watched of Midnight Mass is sounds a bit like it could take place in Del Mar. (laughs) Yeah, if something bad happens, it could take place in Del Mar. And uh, actually, in in reality, in, in seemingly true Stephen King fashion, it takes place in a remote island, some you know, in a nondescript New England. Right uh, territory, but it's you know this this fishing village, and uh, uh, the monsignor who comes back, and and it's it's basically it's the melding of the sacrament of communion with vampire lore. And oh wow! It's pretty it's pretty phenomenal, um, and it's not. It's not your typical, you know, turn and burn shows that they seem to be coming out with uh, in in the YouTube world. It, you know, there there are some long, uh, there are some long dialogue parts that really, but but are really really well done, and it's uh, it's it's just neat. But the 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 correlation, I think, the first thing you have to do is you have to go into it with sort of the willing suspension of disbelief that these people don't know what a vampire is. Right. Like that, like that's not in their, their world. And, um, it's just really, really well done. I'd love to see that addressed in movies. Uh, cause we've gone both ways with it. And so, uh, this idea that, that nobody knows what vampires are like, we don't really like no one really yeah. does know what vampires are. That's a fact. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like right. if vampires showed up, you know, like, so there's another one on Netflix called black as night, I think. Uh... And it's about this teenager who gets bit by a vampire. Um, and she goes to like a vampire club in new Orleans. And it's like, you know, we like vampires and she's like, all right, well, I'm a vampire. What do I do? And they're like, Oh, we didn't think there were really vampires. We don't know. Oh. I can just, <laughs> I can just tell you what we've been reading. <laughs> yeah, know? right, right. And that's 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 how I think the world would react to vampires or or zombies. Yeah. You know, a, a Shaun of the Dead was one of the first ones where they're like, you know, don't say the Z word, uh, yeah, because you know that can't really be zombies. That doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so going back and forth with that trope, like, uh, yes, we know that they're zombies and we know we have to shoot them in the head. Two. You know, oh, they're just sick people and we have to try to knock them down. It's an interesting way. It's an how you choose to deal with that in your movie kind of defines the movie. So it's right. not hard. My, my point is, I don't think it's too hard to suspend disbelief about people are like, what do you mean they're sucking blood? Because right. that's how it should be. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it, and and the the neat thing is, is like everything was uh, w- was 
partially, I mean, it all, it, it, I can totally see somebody coming up with this theory of like going to communion and hearing the, the priest say, this is my blood, this is my blood and drink it and you will have eternal life. And like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's a zombie flick, right? There. Yeah. I mean, a, 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 a vampire, a, a vampire flick. And, um, you know, it's like <laughs> Natalie at one point is like, don't they, don't they have any wooden stakes around, you know, but like, <laughs> but like, it's more about like a, a blood, blood infestation and they don't know, like, and like the miracle of people seeming to get younger and, you know, it's like, oh, it was just, it was really well done. And about like about halfway into it, I realized that this was like, like, that's the one, pe they're, they're purposely leaving that part out. Like, you know, there, there aren't posters on the wall of, of um, you know, Bram Stoker or, or something, right, something yeah. like that. It just doesn't, you know, and it's kind of a, and it's also a, kind of a, a nondescript town that even though they, they reference, uh, you know, some, some future, not futuristic things, but current things, many current things, but the town is so outdated, like, sometimes you forget whether it is like turn of the century. There's like dirt roads. And I just love, I love it when they, when you take a story and you kind of remove certain layers of reality to just kind of keep you on your toes. Cell phones. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you seen the end? Yes. Okay. Can I guess at the end spoilers? If you haven't seen it, um, turn this off. <laughs> Get a life and turn this off. Uh, <laughs> Is the town being bred for vampires? Like, is that why it's so isolated? It's the whole idea is this is they put they put people there to breed them for vampires. The the whole idea is uh, spoilers for the show. Uh, turn it off if you don't want to know. the The monsignor, the you know, the main guy goes to the old country. Uh, he's he's like delusional and 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 on death's door. He gets lost on the road to Damascus of all of all places in uh -huh. in a sandstorm gets uh, like basically finds a tomb in the tomb is a winged vampire, which he sees as an angel. And he brings the angel back to help because it made him young again and wants to. Uh, do exactly uh -huh. what you're saying once wants to, you know, he wants to spread the miracle uh, through communion and the sacrament, quote oh, unquote, that is kooky as hell. And then, and, and uh, oh, it's it's great. I mean, so there. I mean, that that's that is the main thrust of the story, but that's not the end end. But yeah, it's uh, so there's some good turns. I do want to finish my Delmar story because I did say and I brag about this, and I think I have a right to brag about this. So we live. On, I mean, I make fun of my neighbors often. You know, I make fun of my town a lot. Um, I mean it about the town. I only half mean it about my neighbors. But we we have, definitely have the best block in Delmar. Like, if you trick or treat in Delmar, you come to to Spruce Street because everyone, all the houses, all the way down, decorate, participate, all of those things. Also for Christmas, like once all the lights go up around Christmas time, people drive up and down our blocks to look at all the different lights. That's that, that's how, you know, it's how into it. The neighbors get even me, you know, I put up, uh, I put up a little Christmas village every year that I'm shockingly proud of. Wow. Um, how, how soon in the season does it go up? My Christmas houses. 
usually not long after whatever kid comes home from college. I don't, I don't know when it's going up this year. <laughs> Perfect. I don't do it. I affect its completion. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but one of the things we did this year and we were going to do something different next year and we changed our minds. Uh, we've decided, you know, I'm still, I'm, I, I'm not going to be the most paranoid COVID person, but I am certainly in the top 30% of paranoid COVID people. And I didn't want to touch these filthy children with their diseases coming up and down the block, but I also didn't want to not participate. So what, what I did was we set up a table out front and we put like, six piles of candy and had the kids just take a pile and then we would you know lather rinse repeat but we missed last year so my wife kelly got an obnoxious an obnoxious amount of candy and i said we cannot have this in the house we already have weight problems everything's bad here we have to give away all this candy so we overgave. oh fine in a way we haven't done like we always give Usually I give too much. And then when my kids get home, I take their candy and I give that out as well. (laughs) Really popular as a dad, but I haven't done that in a decade because I haven't had a kid home for Halloween in a decade. Um, But Kelly said, you know, that went over so well. People, the kids were just so like, they take a piece of candy and we'd be like, no, no, the whole pile is for you. And they're like, (laughs) the whole pile. And so Kelly said, next year, I'm going to get full size. And I'm like, you know what? I think that full size is overrated because yeah. the kids are going yeah. to be excited. But this is a this is a a volume holiday. This isn't a right. you got the best Christmas gift. This is you got the most candy. Yeah. So continuing yeah. with this idea of putting like just piles of, let's say, six fun size candies is better than um, yeah. better than handing out full size bars. And so that's and pl- what. Go ahead. And plus that really sticks it to the religious zealots. Oh yeah. uh... (laughs) Well, I don't want, I know we're, we're, I know we're at the end now, so I don't want to go on too long, but they made it illegal to celebrate Halloween on the 31st. They didn't just say we're all going to trick or treat on Saturday. They said it is illegal to celebrate Halloween on October 31st. Wow. Which, and you know what? I know that I sound like a maniac. I don't care. To me, that is, you know, 35 years from sacrificing virgins on the town hall steps. It's creepy, you know, to say we would like everybody to trick or treat, but to say it's illegal to celebrate a religious holiday because other people might be upset is just so fucking gross to me. And just, it's, it's terrifying because they're not afraid to say something like that. Right. And, uh, and so that's, a, I didn't mean to end on a downer. I wasn't going to end on the happy candy story, but I, I forgot to, I forgot to mention that. So anyway, yeah. one, one more time, if you'd like a copy of my book and you'd like to pay less for it than other people, um, you can go to dragonintothelight.com and click on buy. Now you'll go to my publisher's website, enter podcast at the checkout and you'll get the book for 10% off. I do not know how much that is. It's like $25 instead of $29 or $22. I don't know. Worth it. Worth it's it. Worth it. it. Bargain worth it twice the price. price. Yeah. And right. please stay tuned. If you'd like to, if you'd like to um, subscribe to my uh, Substack, my, my newsletter, that is at abagelmanifesto.com. 
Um, and right there, you can find all of the uh, all of the links to all of the things, and you'll be the first to know when when new stuff happens. I always put a, a copy of this show up along with that as well. Um, and we do have our own newsletter. If you go to daydrinkingondelmarva.substack.com, you'll you'll get you can you can sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get the show and a little something like we've been talking about on the show. Yeah. And don't um, forget to follow us on Instagram at day drinking on Delmarva. Show us what you're day drinking. And uh, one of these days I'll get some clips from the show up there so people can understand what we actually do. Very good. All right, then. So, uh, oh, are we going to do the new ending or are we going to do the old ending? Uh, no, yeah, new, new ending, if All I right. remember. So, you guys remember until next time. It's two o'clock somewhere. All right, we'll see. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week.